Our scripture today comes from Paul's letter to the church of Ephesus, the writings of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, and said, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to the one with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Welcome to our Reflection on Sunday for August 17th. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. We'll just take a little bit of time to have a little bit more further conversation on this scripture from Ephesians chapter 5. As, as the Apostle Paul has gone through this journey of, of separating the new from the old and pointing the source of unity is love and laying the framework that everyone's actions have importance. And as we move into this situation of how do we feed and build our tools that we use, I'd, I'd like to look at that and again, readdress some of the things that I shared in our Sunday offering, because I began to try to lay out the framework of how that I have seen Ephesians chapter 5 also be used as a roadblock. And where there is an individualized importance that the Apostle Paul is sharing specifically with the church of Ephesus, specifically with the collections of believers beginning to find their identity of faith, after that becomes a challenge of how do we live that identity in such a way that we're going to new places, we're taking care of new needs, and we're touching souls in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to look at that today, and, and I'm, I'm going to tread on some thin ice today as I share with you on this nar narrative how that I've seen, how that I've seen this narrative of don't do that, the restriction of rules of, that Paul is trying to share for the individualized faith development and how I've seen them become excuses to not go out to specific areas to care for the name of Jesus Christ. I'll only do a couple, but I really feel that these areas, and I'm again, I'm, uh, bear with me, uh, Pastor Drew Davis at gmail.com if you want to call and fuss at me, but I want to use some images of places where in my faith development, I heard the words, don't do that. And I now see it becoming very fruitful ministries that are touching new souls. So let's start. Let's start. And we'll even use the Apostle Paul's own words about drunken debauchery in, in the scripture. And how, yes, you know, we need to not let things outside of us take control and have control over our capacities. And I'll share with you, there, there's a difference between having one glass of wine at dinner and being Otis the Drunk in Mayberry. And that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to lay out with this, is 
don't become so consumed with something outside of you that it it takes away your ability to make decisions, your ability to make clear thought decisions and to be caregivers. Well, we've all seen it in different ways. And we have dear friends that suffer with addictive issues. And this challenge from the Apostle Paul is to not let our lives move to that point. And even to the point sometime that we completely stay away from it. I, I feel that Nancy Reagan's words and the D.A.R.E. program words had a great amount of validity because we've seen the destructive nature of, of addictive issues and the just say no didn't always work, but at least it laid out a foundation of what to deal with as long as we're looking at the individualized level. As we looked at my church life and we, we began to have these conversations and my faith development to not even be seen near a bar and not even be seen near places that provide uh, adult refreshments <laughs> because we didn't want people to question our testimony by being in those places. And but not having the conversations that leads toward the difference between having a glass of wine at dinner or being Otis to town drunk. One of the things that has opened up, you know, we began to think and process what it means to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations. And we begin to have this conundrum of how do we meet dear souls that that don't have time? We're trying in very wholehearted ways to interlace forms of entertainment into our presentation of the gospel message because it's the only way that we can present that gospel message. And once upon a time, having conversations of not being seen even outside the doors of a bar, I personally know many, many churches, and one of them, this is my favorite title of a small group, they have cross brews <laughs> that they have, and they go in, into these places where once upon a time, the restrictive language was used of don't go there because of your testimony. But they're bringing new people in to hear the message of Jesus Christ because they've stepped into this new area to share grace and love. I'll share even further, and the ice gets thinner the further I go. I think about very vividly, I sitting in churches, sitting in church, and hearing how HIV/AIDS is God's plague to sin. Hearing that in a sermon, and being developed this image of of lifestyles that lead to that area are ones to be avoided because of testimony. And because this disease exists, that we have to step so far away from it that if you really look at it, there's people that are dying that need care and help. I think about hearing that in my very formative years of faith development using the negative side of Ephesians chapter 5 on what not to do restricting of what we can do 
we can go out and we can teach what it means to use precautionary uh, tools to, to stay healthy. We began to look at individuals who are dying and it just needs someone to care for them and give them a hug. And instead of treating the place that they're at as a result of sin, realizing that there is a dear soul there crying for assistance, needing help. And where once upon a time, sitting in church, talking about who not to spend time with, now I serve in a place that has active, fruitful HIV, AIDS, education and care. We have ministries that go out to hospitals and gives specific care to individuals that are just in a place of need because of this disease that they are living with. And taking away the destructive, harmful language of this is a plague that God brought because of sin, but actually sharing the reality, man, you are a dear soul that needs to be reminded that you are loved. I think the biggest example, and as I move forward, the ice gets oh so much thinner, is the reality as we look at what our denomination, the United Methodist Church, how it's tearing itself apart over LGBTQIA plus issues. And we begin to look at individuals as sin instead of looking at individuals who are loved by God. By looking at individuals who we have affixed the identity of sin and realizing that their loving lives are not sinful. They're just individuals who want to be loved and have a full connection and a full affirming acceptance of where they find that love. And I look at it through our eyes of my faith development, being in an atmosphere that would chastise and hurt and scream at an individual who's only proclaiming love. As I look at my own denominational stance in the moments, as I read the words of the Book of Discipline, and we proclaim that people are not worthy to be servants of Jesus Christ because of who they love. And then we get to the other side, just as we have the cross bruise and just as we have the AIDS ministries, the HIV AIDS ministries. And as we move into this, we have this whole collection of bodies of Christ who proclaim to be reconciling ministries, who not only proclaim to be welcoming, welcoming but proclaim to be affirming of the love that is being held and being shared and moving. I think of all these things and I think of where in my existence I've seen the stop signs. Where in my existence, where I've seen individuals say, if you're there, people will think you don't love Jesus Christ. Where I've seen the conversations and the interactions that say, if you're there, you are 
promoting sin and you may receive the penalty of that sin as well. Where that I've moved and breathed and have seen individuals be proclaimed as sinful in all of these places. I've seen the doors open to the reality that Jesus Christ is waiting there like the father of the prodigal son with his arms wide open and saying, I love you with no restrictions and reminding all of these individuals and all of these dear friends that there is a place in the kingdom. My worry within all this, and this may be one of the more emotional videos I've shared, is the problem within all this is when we apply the identity that someone is sinful, then we cut them out. When we apply the identity that an individual has a specific need, a, a specific disease that they're dealing with, that we, we go all the way back to the contundrum of Jesus Christ healing the blind man outside of the temple and Jesus Christ saying, it wasn't sin that made this happen. There wasn't family that sin that caused this to happen, but it's a need that needs to be cared for. And we spend a lot of time saying, you're bad. We spend a lot of time saying, you're sinful. We spend a lot of time saying that you are unimportant, so go away. And we put up roadblocks. It's easier to cut someone off, cut someone out, than to have the fruitful conversations that we have to have. To have the fruitful interactions that we have to have. Let's look at this whole structure of these conversations that we've had the last few weeks of the Apostle Paul working with the Church of Ephesus and building a path towards a new way in the grace of Jesus Christ. Because what the Apostle Paul has been doing and what I have worked so hard to share with you over these last many weeks is the Apostle Paul is beginning to open doors of communication. Instead of the arguments of those who had a history in the law and those who are finding their place in the new way and bringing a new voice to faith, instead of sitting in the arguments and saying, I'm right, and you're wrong, and I'm wrong, and you're right, and you're wrong, and I'm right, and just the arguments getting everything in the way, the Apostle Paul begins to use the image of Jesus Christ as the great unifier that opens the opportunity to communicate. Then we move into the next week, and we've already built that Jesus Christ is a great unifier, and the Apostle Paul begins to teach that that unity is built in the identity of love that is the image of Jesus Christ's grace. When we step out of the arguments of who's wrong and who's right, when we step away from the desire of being right and having the power and being right, and we focus more on love, we're able to let things go and listen instead of cutting other people off because we don't want to lose power. Then we move on to the next week and we begin to see the Apostle Paul use this imagery that yes, the muscles are big and they're visible, but it's the 
tendons, the smallest parts of the bodies that carry the most weight and provide the most care. That every gift and every skill has a level of importance. And instead of saying, I need to be the most visible, I need to have the louder voice, I need to speak over you so that I can be right. It's the challenge of saying, listen to the smallest voice. Listen to the weight that that smallest voice is carrying and deal with the reality that that smallest voice is just as much as important, if not more important than the loudest and most visible things that demand attention. And then we stepped away and we looked at the book of John and we see this image of Jesus Christ saying, this is who I am. And it becomes another image of not wanting to have a conversation, but shutting things down with our own self-built facts so that our world stays the way that we want it. And we're taking care of ourselves and we have the power and you can't steal that from me. That's what happened in the book of John. And we get to this week. And we see the Apostle Paul sharing. Build up your identity. Find that thing to have faith in. But don't let it be a stopping point. Find the boldness to step out in the new places and be the caregiver. This whole journey is a journey of communication. Because even denominations would prefer to have people just not talk than to have the needed conversations to see where Jesus Christ exists in the center of conflict. What I want you to get from this conversation today is we've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way. We've gone from worrying about our testimony and where we're standing to how can we use the world community as a tool to touch souls. Not saying... I shouldn't be there because, but saying this is a fruitful tool because. Then we also look at what it means. When that we become so focused on cutting things off that we name it sin. We name it sin. So that we don't have to deal with it. When we name it sin, we cut it off. We don't talk about it. And through that, we don't have the needed conversations that create unity. And through all this, as we cut people out, we exclude them from the kingdom of God. The challenge is to find the centralized image of Jesus Christ, to have the needed conversations, to not cut out, to not shame or the chastise, to proclaim something sinful because we named it that but truly look at what it means to open opportunities, to open conversations and make it truly possible that anyone can stand in the presence of Jesus Christ's grace. I would like for you to just deal with that with me because I deal with it a lot. As a faith leader, I, I question within myself, am I leading a path that is the wrong way? I question. I keep looking for where Jesus Christ is in front of me. 
and how Jesus Christ continues to open doors and how Jesus Christ continues to make opportunities so that we can grow and transform and show more and more people that they are loved by Jesus Christ. Hold on to that, please. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Build your identity. Find your faith. But don't cut things out because the more people that we cut away, those are dear friends that forget that they're loved by God. Look for ways to have the conversations instead of pushing aside so that we can bring hope to the greater world. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.